Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mother of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. This podcast episode is a little bit different because I'm going to be reflecting on how Holy Week went for myself and my family. I was going to post a couple of different episodes last week, but to be honest, with two children, life got extremely busy leading up to Easter, and so many amazing things happened that I thought that doing a reflection video um, podcast would be more um, impactful. So today, I am going to be reflecting on my experience with Holy Week this year. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about it. So let's dive on in. So in our last episode, we talked about Palm Sunday and why it's important. And that was the kickoff of my Holy Week journey and experience with my family this year. And Palm Sunday was really great because my son is in the preschool choir at our church and he was able to sing songs with the uh, adult choir uh, for a Palm Sunday performance and he really, really enjoyed waving palms, singing Hosanna, Hosanna and that led to some really great discussion at home that afternoon about the palms and that was a really great kickoff to holy week then this is something that i've never done before this year we uh celebrated on maundy thursday a messianic passover seder meal and i have never done something like this before and it was such a powerful moment for my family. As a Christian, we know that the Jewish people have these different religious holidays. And as Christians, we know that on Maundy Thursday, that Jesus was celebrating the Passover meal. But I feel like as a Christian, we tend to overlook the significance of how Jesus fulfills the Passover meal sometimes and performing the rituals, going through the Seder meal, remembering how Jesus, um, how God passed over the Jewish people in Israel and let his people go really showed us just how Jesus fulfills all the Old Testament prophecies and It was such a powerful, powerful experience. If you've never done a Passover Seder meal as a Christian, I highly recommend it. It was such a joyful experience. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time understanding the significance of the different Jewish feasts that are in the Old Testament because it's something that we don't do on a yearly basis like what our Jewish uh, brothers and sisters in humanity do every year. And it was really eye-opening to my family 
My husband has never done something like this either. Um, my parents have never done something like this before too, and we all learned so much through this experience. In the uh, description box, I will put a link to where we found a Messianic Jewish Passover Seder booklet that we used. And what's really cool is on the website, one of the um, Messianic Jewish rabbis has videos that goes through a step-by-step guide to how you can do a Seder meal at home yourself. And he explains what all of the different elements mean. And it was really helpful for me for preparing to do our own Seder meal. So I will put all of that information in the show notes for you guys to look at yourself. So we go through that. We go through Holy Thursday and then Good Friday happens. And this is a day that I feel like as parents is a hard one for us to explain sometimes to our children the the magnification of Jesus's suffering and death on this day. I know for myself, it's so easy to go, oh yes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And there's nothing wrong with saying that Sunday is coming, but I feel like we miss out on the opportunity to reflect on and to sit in and to admire and praise the suffering that Jesus went through. So I'm just going to go through and read Mark 15 so that we can remember the suffering that brings the joy of the resurrection. Because I feel like this is something that we as Christians tend to just gloss over. And I went over this with my uh, son so that he could really understand that Jesus did suffer. So if you want to turn into your Bibles with me to Mark 15, we read, Right at daybreak, the ruling Kohanim held a meeting to consult with the elders and the Torah scholars and the whole Sanhedrin. They tied up Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate interrogated him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yeshua, Jesus, answered him, as you say. The ruling Kohanim began to accuse him of many things. Again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? Look how many charges they're bringing against you. But Jesus did not answer, so Pilate was amazed. Now, during the feast, he was released to them, one prisoner, anyone who they were asking for. Now, a a man named Barabbas, or Barabbas, had been in jail with the rebels who had committed murder during the rebellion. The crowd came up and began to request what he was accustomed to do for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he knew that out of envy the ruling Kohanim had handed him over. And Kohanim here is the same word as the uh, Hebrew word for high priest. But the ruling 
Kohanim stirred up the crowd so he would release Baraba to them instead. Then answering again, Pilate said to them, So what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him, execute him. Pilate responded, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him, execute him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate re released Baraba from them. And after he had Jesus, Yeshua, scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers took him away into the palace, the governor's mansion called Praetorium, and they called together the cohort of soldiers. They dressed him up in purple. After braiding a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to mock him, saluting him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Over and over, they kept hitting him on the head with a staff and spitting on him. And kneeling down, they worshipped him mockingly. When they finished mocking him, they stripped off the purple um, and put on his own clothes, and they led him out to crucify him. Now Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was coming in from the countryside. The soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' crossbeam. They bring Jesus, Yeshua, to the place called Golgotha, which is translated to place of a skull. They, there they were offering him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucify him and divide up his clothing among themselves, casting lots for them to see who would take it. Now it was the third hour when they nailed him on the stake. And the inscription of the charge against him was written, The King of the Jews. And with him they executed two outlaws, one on his right and one on his left. Those passing by were jeering and mocking him, shaking their heads, saying, Ha, huh, you who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the stake. Likewise, the ruling Kohanim, along with the Torah scholars, were also mocking him um, among themselves. He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the stake so we may see and believe. Even those executed with him were ridiculing him. When the sixth hour had come, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Yeshua cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, Look, he's calling for Elijah. Then some ran and filled a, a sponge with sour wine. He put it on a stick and was offering it to Jesus, saying, Wait, let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. But letting out a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was split from top to bottom. When the centurion, who was standing in front of him, saw the way Jesus breathed his last, he said, This man really was the Son of God. Okay. Why did I read this to you? Because... To me, this is the beauty of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I feel like we need to take the time during Holy Week and to really pray about and reflect on the sacrificial love of Jesus more to be able to celebrate the joy of the resurrection and I did this with my son, and I've used resurrection eggs 
to help teach my my son and I will with my daughter when she's older about all of the sacrifice, all of the pain, all of the agony that Jesus went to. I'm not saying that you need to go and watch The Passion of the Christ with your small children because that's not appropriate for young children. However, I, what I am saying is that through this time of reflection in Holy Week, through this prayer of thanksgiving, pouring out because of Jesus' sacrificial love, I do feel like we need to be teaching our children just how important Jesus' sacrifice was. And if you don't know what resurrection eggs are, it's a set of 12 dozen Easter eggs, and it goes through the entire passion and death of Jesus. And it's a really cool tool to use to teach younger children about Jesus's sacrificial love. I will put a link in the show notes of a set that you can buy, or you can also make some yourself with your children, and that's a really fun activity you can do. My church had a resurrection egg making day, and I will put a link in the description notes and the show notes for how you can make your own yourself as well. Now, here's a day that I think the next day, Holy Saturday, that after looking at it, I think many people don't understand just the whole concept of waiting. Holy Saturday, the day where Jesus was in the tomb, the day that he rested. And this is something after doing the Passover Seder meal that I just made a connection with. And it took me 26 years to realize Jesus rested on Holy Saturday because it was the Sabbath day. In the beginning, we are told that God made the earth in seven days and on the seventh day he rested. Jesus, being the ultimate sacrificial lamb, went to the cross, died, suffered, and then everything was perfect because he wiped away the sin. He conquered death. And so on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, Jesus rested in the tomb. Wow. What a just mind-blowing thing that occurred to me over this course of Holy Week. That our Lord Jesus followed the Father's example and rested because everything was perfect. He conquered death. He conquered sin. The devil lost And he rested in that before rising from the dead. And so we, as Christians on Holy Saturday, should also take that time to rest in the presence of God, to rest in that Sabbath day so that we can connect and we can remember how Jesus fulfills everything in the Old Testament. And that includes how he relates back to creation itself, how he rested on that Saturday.
before leading into that joyful Easter Sunday morning. So this leads us to Easter Sunday itself. And I'm not going to lie to you. My Easter Sunday morning was a little bit stressful. My husband had to work all weekend. My husband is a law enforcement, so he has to work every other weekend. And this year, he had to work Easter weekend, which we were all sad about. But I'm just grateful that he was able to come home Sunday evening and he wasn't on night shift. So I had that going against me. On top of that, because it's Easter, we had two services at our church instead of one. And since I'm in the choir, I had to be there early. So there was the stress with that. We had our Easter egg hunt early in the morning. There was another added stress. Um, and then on top of that, I had to go not only to my church, but then my parents' church as well. Because with family... Sometimes you just got to do things that are more complicated. So isn't it funny just how the devil wants you to get stressed out on what's supposed to be one of the most joyful days of remembering that Jesus did not stay in the tomb? I don't know about you, but whenever there is something major like Easter, Christmas, or a birthday that I just get so stressed out for nothing. And that's exactly what happened to me on this Easter. I let Satan put into my brain all this worry. And for what? For nothing. Because at the end of the day, Jesus rose from the grave. He did not stay dead. He is alive and he won. And so I know you you moms like me, it's easy to get stressed on on big holidays because we have all these expectations that we as people make up. Not God, but we as people make up. But I'm here to tell you, none of that stuff matters. So what if you're a little bit late to church on Easter because you're feeling like you're just being pulled in a thousand directions? God doesn't care. God knows your heart. It doesn't have to be this magnificent, over-the-top feast every Easter. Jesus never said that. So don't worry about it. If you just have sandwiches and chips for Easter, who cares? If you want to do a big meal, so like, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. The, these material things don't matter. And that's the biggest takeaway that I got from this Easter. That... The material doesn't matter. It's Jesus that matters. It's Jesus that we need to be focusing on on Easter. None of this material stuff. And I know as a mom it's hard because we feel like we have to be in charge of everything. But we don't. We are not the ones that are in charge of everything. Jesus is. Lay all of your stress, all your worries at his feet. That's what he wants us to do. And thank God and thank Jesus, thank Yeshua for rising from that grave. He has redeemed us. Amen to that. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your resurrection, your death, your suffering. 
Lord, I thank you for this time of Holy Week that I was able to take the time to reflect and admire and be amazed just by all that you've done for us and that I was able to use this past Holy Week to teach my children more about you. Lord, I pray that um, the moms who are listening are able to take some of the things that we've talked about and teach their children about you too. And Lord, I pray that that your will be done and that others who don't know you come to know you, Lord. I just, I thank you for your ultimate sacrifice on that cross. And I praise you for, you are so powerful, Lord, and that you rose from the dead. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you've enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and check out our website at www.proverbs31wannabe.com. We would love to hear from you, especially in our comments. Please be sure to come back tomorrow as I start a new series with you guys about women in the Bible. I'm so, so excited. All right. Until tomorrow. This is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless. Thank you.